This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. No, he comes on full PVC mask and he's like, do you like me now? Do you like me now? And he's flapping, flapping. So Lauren, we went to the Bake Off musical press night, didn't we? And fair to say you had the best night of your life. You were in your element fangirling, weren't you? Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. I think this will probably be the first <laughs> and last press night Laura ever played. <laughs> no, not at all. Also, Bake Off musical press night is like the, the best five words I've ever heard in my entire life. It was so good. I had the best time. Now, Laura, you know I love you. I'm very fond of you. But there's um, a but coming, There is a right? huge but. Uh, you have been surpassed as like the status of my favourite Bake Off person. Wow. Because. Wow, she went there. Because I finally got to meet Kim Joy. Oh my God. I lo- I will give you that for Kim Joy. No one else, but you can have that. <laughs> so it was so funny. It's in the day. Laura was texting me about it. And I was like, is Kim Joy going? And I was like, yeah, she's going. And then right there, I think Kim Joy didn't get there in like the first five minutes. I was like, Laura, you promised me Kim Joy. <laughs> She did. She was like, sorry, but you promised me Kim Joy would be here. I'm like, sorry, I don't know my itinerary. But anyway, yeah, I had the absolute best night. So thank you. Honestly, thank you for inviting me. Best time. Um, did you have a fabulous time? Because that must have been so strange. It was very surreal. Mm. It's really weird because we obviously did, we did it in the lockdown year. So... I met people that obviously I've never met before. It was just surreal, really. And I met people like the, some of the producers, some of the like food techs and like people behind the scenes. And so that was kind of like weird. But watching it was really strange because it's actually really quite true to life. And even certain, like they've dramatised it, obviously, like it's in no one. I don't, well, I don't think any Bake contestants are as kind of like, <laughs> you know, fame hungry as the, yeah. the, one of the characters. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it brought back a lot of emotions and it made me realise how far I've come and how lucky I've been to have had that opportunity but on a kind of less kind of uh, serious note it was really fun wasn't it the music so was really cute. funny the actors that played Paul and Prue had oh their God, um, they so had the mannerisms like on point didn't they so good yeah I think if you love Bake Off you will love the show like it's very funny it's very cute it's very yeah. camp it doesn't take itself too seriously it's Bake Off no, the musical no. and that's what it is but if you like musicals and you love Bake Off it's so cute I loved it. it. Cute, yeah. And we were like proper giggling. I cried. I don't know if you cried. Uh, no, I, I think I got a tear at one point. Good God, yeah, but I was bawling at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. It was such a good night. And I also got to meet um, yeah. some West End stars as well, which... Oh God, yeah, she did. She went out to this woman and was just like, oh my God, it's Anne Boleyn. <laughs> Not, like, oh, right, honestly, everything you just said is wrong. She wasn't Anne Boleyn. She was the original Jane Seymour. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. And I was way more chilled than that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had a great time. So oh, it's a very, very stagey day that day. I enjoyed it. It was. It was great fun. Thank you for being my plus one. <laughs> So we are so excited for today's episode because our amazing guest has an incredible story to tell and we've been wanting to tell this since we started the podcast. She was a sex worker under the name of Melody BBW for seven years before leaving the industry to become a stand-up comedian and I totally understand why now. <laughs> She's been in the room for two minutes and I'm literally crying with laughter. Uh, she is also a podcaster, writer and activist for Fat Liberation and Sex Worker Rights. All those words I just love. So we have to introduce Miranda K. Miranda, hi! Hi! <laughs> 
in stitches we're recording in person today and this is going to be carnage Lauren is stoked because she's finally met someone that's louder than her I just I cannot wait I need to tell all my friends about you I've met someone louder than me they won't believe it my my dad will not believe it I'm very excited about it I'm very excited about your dad You leave Gav alone. <laughs> Gav! Oh, Gav! Gav alone. Oh. Don't stop it. How did that happen? We have been recording for 10 seconds and we've got to perfect on my father. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Right, I know that I'm going to have to be the one to rein you two yeah, in. Yeah, no, I know. I am. I'm going to have to be bad cop today. Happy to be bad cop. I'll be good cop. Okay, all right. Love it. I'll Miranda. be naughty cop. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. I've already got the uniform and the handcuffs, so it's fine. Of course you have. <laughs> you have. I've just got so many questions, but right. we need to start. Miranda, start. we have a new section segment on our podcast, which uh, basically, if we don't like something mm. or a person, we tell them to go and eat a bag of dick. Mm. So is there anything that's kind of like riled you or annoyed you that you want to put in the bag of dicks for this episode? Oh my God, there's so much. <laughs> there is so much. There is. I uh, I can only think of what's like basically happened today. So I ride a moped in London. I rode on my little bike to come in to see you guys today. And when I first got it, because my friend, he's a proper, he's a proper like biker. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, do you know what? We'll, we'll set you up with all the gear. We'll give you the, the we'll get, you've got to get the waterproofs and you've got to get the uh, the leathers and all that, you know, just make sure you're safe. And I'm like, where am I going to get that from? Simply be. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, is yours clothing going into motorbike gear now? <laughs> Lovely. So my bag of dicks is going to be filled with basic safety stuff that isn't made mm. for fat people. Yeah. Like we can't even get uh, seat belts that mm. are tested on women because they won't, they can't mm-hmm. be asked to make safety dummies with tits. Yeah. The best kind of safety dummies. So let alone getting one in a size 20, like above a size 24 and into yeah. someone that looks like me. Oh, I can't I can't find a safety gear that, that in my size at all. So my bag of dicks is going to be filled with the fact that we can't have the most basic safety mm. equipment just because our size. This is so true and now I hate everything. I had <laughs> actually considered that. We talk a lot about plus size fashion and how mm. inaccessible it is but also even like above a sort of 32 mm. I mean yeah we all need clothes but it doesn't it's not a safety issue like mm. yeah. the fact that you're yeah. riding not safe like yeah. that, that's I've got, scary all I've got is like two pairs of leggings and a pair of jeans on and that is the most like thing that I can find to keep my legs safe because I can't find like actual biker leathers I mean it is only a one two five ladies and gentlemen let's not get <laughs> let's not think of me riding you know like easy rider on a, on a proper <laughs> motorbike oh hello well, I don't know what the words right. were it's a moped I'm, exci- no. I'm, I'm hoping you've got a little cart on the side I do and I've also got a little Wallace in there as well you do. You're lying, she's got a little Wallace and Gromit oh. go around with her all the time <laughs> you can sit up. in there if you want <laughs> You two. <laughs> no, right, stop it. Get, your, get a room, you two. <laughs> honestly. Stop it. Honestly. Stop it. <laughs> I don't even know how to start this. I'm so excited. We've got a million questions. 
I want to know everything about you, basically. Do we start there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us about you and how you like got into sex work, first of all, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's a bit of a like round story, just like me. Um, so <laughs> I, I basically wanted to go into comedy. I wanted to go into comedy and I wanted to go into acting when I was younger. So I did all that at school and at college and everything. And then on my last day, I'd done all this training. I was really good. I'd gotten some really good top score marks. But on my last day, as we were all leaving, one of the tutors turned around and said to me, but of course, you know, you, you don't get large leading ladies. On my last day, like I've oh, been doing this, I, I was passionate about it, I was good mm. at it, and it just sunk me. Mm. So I went backstage, like my college also offered a backstage no. course, so I started doing radio production because it just sort of Mate, defeated me. the metaphor, me. I can't even. I know, I know, but I really love doing radio, mm. and so I moved up to London to come and do that, but... Again, as we often find with fat people, is that getting a job is harder. Mm. And I started doing work experience and I do work experience with smaller people who were rubbish at their job. I was the one going, yes, I'd been trained to say yes to everything. Mm. Like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get it done. And Mm. I was there at weekends and everything. But it was the smaller people who got the jobs. Like at the end of my two months or whatever, it was like, oh, well, thanks. But hey, we we need a receptionist. Do you want? to be a receptionist because you're bubbly. Bubbly! I hate that word. Yeah. Hate it. So even though I'm creative and I am larger than life and I think I am funny, but because because I'm bubbly, I got put on reception rather than actual production. Mm. So I got really downhearted mm. with it. And I was also in London. I was also by myself. I started going on dating websites and I found that where I'd been in my own small town, everyone knew everyone else. Mm. So none of the guys were really like coming on to me or anything like that. But it was uh, when I moved to London, it was like, oh, my God, I suddenly discovered this term BBW, big, beautiful women and all the dating sites and all the chat rooms. So I started going on those. And meeting guys, but it would all be like one night stands and it would never be like, you know, actual proper going out with people. Mm. And then after a while, you get more and more into it and you discover that there are models online and there are people doing other things and eventually found that they were escorts. And I realised that I'd been doing something that they'd been getting paid for. So <laughs> for free? For free. In this economy? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I thought, well, fuck it. I'll just give it a go. I was in a job that I didn't like I was getting paid nothing I was in a mm. flat I I wasn't even a flat it was a box room and I just thought do you know what I'll give it a go and yeah. I did and it was I fucking loved it I really? just right from the offset right from the offset I really loved it because it was guys coming to me and treating me like a luxury and that was mm. something I'd never had before mm. I'd only had guys coming to me and treating me like I was a, a fetish I was right. a yeah. um, you know, just uh, just something to try. Yeah, like one of the guys that I went out with for like one day said, "Oh yeah, you yeah, we're, like fat girls are just like your moped, like a moped, aren't they? You always want to ride one, but you don't want your mates to see you with it. You know, with it. This is why I started charging. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> and I just I just took it from there from my first appointment. It was in the Dorchester Hotel. Damn. Oh, this one. Oh no! <laughs> oh, just um, I was like 23 at the time. I'm a lot older now, but I was worth it. Let's just say that. Um, well and it was done. just it was just great fun. Also, because there was only 
a handful of plus size women and we all stuck together. So there was about 12 people. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It was really cool. To have like a little like networker girl like all supporting you and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I guess it can be quite scary. It was. To start. Yeah. Because you do, I'm not going to lie, there are terrible, you know, terrible things that can happen. Mm. And, you know, I'm not pushing that aside at all. And that's something where I think that sex worker rights really is helping people because we're trying to decriminalise it so it makes it safer. Yes. Mm. For yeah. everyone, whether you're a consumer Essential sex worker, sex work. You're doing sex work to survive. Any of the yeah. the gamut for that. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Especially, I was reading recently that in the current climate, yeah, with the costy lives. With the- <laughs> Do you call it costy lives? Ah, ah, ah amateurs. <laughs> Especially with the cosy lives and everything. Like, there's a lot of people that are either returning to or starting yep. sex work for the same time. And yeah. I think that is why it is more important than ever that it is made, made legal and made yeah. safe. Yes. That's what, because we tried, when we when I started working, it was like 2003, 2004. And we had our, we set up our own buddy system oh, nice. so that That's we could good. we could have a bit of safety because the internet was still, it was still very new. Yeah. We didn't have Messenger. We didn't have WhatsApp on our phone. It was all, you had to give your phone numbers, mm. and, you know. So one of the women set up a body system and some of those women I'm still great friends with today. But there was a massive difference between the early 2000s to 2008 when we had the big economy crash. Mm. And that was when it went from 12 people that I knew to thousands and it wasn't just the amount of women and plus size women that were working it was the amount of listing sites the amount of uh, now I've got I think that websites are great so it's not that it's just the amount of them and the amount of people that it's like I've got more of a problem with Silicon Valley taking advantage of making these listing sites and causing these women to have to pay to be on these sites mm. rather than have their own websites and be able to advertise for free. Yeah. But yeah, there was a massive, massive flood of people after the world economy crash. That's always just been the same. It's just been climbing, climbing, climbing ever since. Oh my goodness. I, don't, I hadn't even thought about the 2008 mm. That's mad. That's showing my age. So now <laughs> I remember so I was at uni at the time. You come out of uni and the, like, the credit crunch. You're like, what the hell? What is this madness? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so how long did you do it for? And did you make lots of bank? I did it for about seven to ten years. I made enough bank to live. Yeah. Because let's not forget, I am very lazy. <laughs> I did a whole, this is, this was what was so good. I did a whole comedy uh, called Slaving Away that's available on Audible. And it is about the laziest dominatrix in London because I am. (laughs) (laughs) I was super lazy, super picky. I was just, I lived with a flatmate to keep my costs down. Lovely Dan. All I've ever wanted in life is to never have to wake up to an alarm clock Monday to Friday and commute and have to pay £7 for a prep. Like, I just mm. want to have my own job in my own time. And yeah. that was what it afforded me. I don't have an expensive car. I don't have an expensive house. I just wanted to but make to enough to yeah. to live. And that yeah. was that was what I did. I'm not a saver. I'm a liver. <laughs> oh, my God. You too, honestly. Look at Lauren's twin. <laughs> So did you find it empowering? Like cuz I know I think I think there is like a perception of sex work yeah. and a, a certain stigma around it as well of like like objectifying women and that it's like a bit seedy potentially yeah. as well. 
it sounds like you were in control yeah. and it was on your terms yeah. and it was a way for you to live. And I I think that's so empowering. I love taking that that narrative of like taking back that um mm. rather than yeah. it being something that kind of makes women like derogatory or yeah. you know sex slaves or whatever because people don't realize that the the independent women so when it comes to empowerment for me what i felt empowered by was was the sex i felt sexually empowered Mm. and i also felt empowered because for me i was setting up my own business Mm. so i learned how to make a website i learned how to do my accounts i learned about tax i learned what was tax deductible that's the thing that no one thinks about and it's you know we are business women and we are business people making our living doing a budget, setting our times. This is one of the things that I felt most empowered by was being able to put up my junk on the internet, (laughs) (laughs) my feature on on my website and have my do's and my don'ts list. The amount of people that I speak to and the amount of, especially women that are like, oh, but what if they did... What if they did this and you didn't like it? You you tell them you don't like it from the offset. I have right. a do's and a don'ts list. That's what was on your don'ts list. Anal. <laughs> <laughs> that was so quick. I knew that was coming. I didn't know that was the coming. Bone. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anything up the arse. No. No butt stuff. Happy to do it on them. It's just not happening on me. I understand. And there is a lot of people who want it done on them. Like, they do. The right? boys bloody love they it. Fuck Why? They fuck Let me, honestly. The, it's always the guys that are like, you know, the real like hetero. hetero. Yeah. It is. You're it right. is, and if you yeah. did it to them, obviously consensually, they would fucking love it. Yeah, They're, yeah. Anyway, so okay, so yeah. but to them, not to you. Yes. yes. Um, anything without a condom, obviously. Um, anything that can be sort of illegal so I wouldn't do like role play like you know involving anything underage anything bestiality anything like that I had one guy who wanted me to film a video of me squashing worms and stuff under my feet I was like no that's intense that is intense but so what I did instead was I got a little one of those (laughs) Malteser rabbits (laughs) 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 <laughs> Squash that instead. <laughs> it was it was Little gummy worms and Malteser rabbits. I'll, I'll do that, but not actual. I love that. Um, the creative solution. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to love it. <laughs> he might not, but someone will. <laughs> it's time for a quick break so we can tell you about Gusto. Gusto gives you everything you need to create incredible home-cooked meals, including exactly the right portions of fresh, high-quality ingredients so you won't be wasting loads of food. Choosing what to cook, getting all the ingredients and having to buy way too much of everything for just one person makes cooking so much more complicated than it has to be. So Gusto is a great option if you want to get more into cooking. There's also so much to choose from. They have over 250 recipes a month for you to try, including things like stuffing crushed chicken with butterfly veg and onion gravy. Oh my God, that sounds so good. Crispy chili beef udon and sweet and smoky chicken fajitas. I love fajitas. They're my favourite. Head to gusto.co.uk and use code LOVE, L-O-V-E, for 60% off your first box and 25% off all boxes for two months. So I'd love to know your thoughts on the term BBW because we, we touched upon like fetishization. Yeah. It is so hard for me to say that. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> How do you feel about it? And what's the general vibe in that world around so, it? Because I'm over 40, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have a chance to tell you how amazing you look. Go on. <laughs> it's all the cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fat don't crack. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
because so because I'm over 40, the term BBW was my first term. That was the first term that wasn't derogatory. So I feel protective about it. Okay. So when I hear younger people today and they're like, oh, but that's, oh, you know, the term BBW, no, that's gross. And it's like, but that was the only term that I had growing mm. up. And that was the only term that a lot of people had when they were growing up. BBW was coined in like 1996 by the fat liberation of the time. I mean, there were fat liberationists, but that was more over in America. But in England, we had a magazine called Big Beautiful Woman. Mm. And that was set up by people who were trying to put fat women more into the mainstream. So they didn't have terms like body positivity. They didn't have terms like fat liberation. All they knew was big, beautiful women. It was the only... So I feel quite protective of the term. When I was dating, like, 10 years ago... Mm. And the term like BBW was was kind of thrown around, like like you were sort of saying, like more recently, Lauren. It kind of felt a bit like I was being fetishized, yeah. And like it's only really recently that we've sort of we both of us sort of realised actually you can just have a, a preference. preference, yeah. But it I think is. being labelled as that, like I always just said, like oh, I just want someone to love me for me, and not because they love big beautiful women, yeah. And I didn't really like put, being put in that pigeonhole but it's really interesting to hear it from your perspective of how mm. like you felt empowered by it and I think that's the thing isn't it mm. we talk all the time about the importance of language like the word fat for mm. example for some people it is a very for such a small word it holds a lot of power but people are trying to reclaim it aren't they by yeah. using it openly rather than plus size voluptuous whatever so yeah. it's really interesting and it's 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 also context like if I see a bloke saying oh I love BBW then I'm like go fuck yourself <laughs> That's the context. But if it's like a woman who's saying, Oh, I'm a BBW, yeah. then come More on power board. To you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's the con like blokes will say BBW, I think, because they, they don't educate themselves. Yeah. So yes. they don't know about fat liberation. And when they do, but ladies, we can use that as a filter. So when you see a bloke saying, Oh, I like BBW, you know that he's not educated himself about fat liberation. Mm. You know that he's not, you know, he's looking at the BBW section of porn sites because that's what has yeah, made from, yeah. yeah exactly that's what's made it mm. such a a derogatory term now in you know in a lot of people's eyes yeah um so yeah it, it is more about the context like blokes who say i love a bb i don't even let them anywhere near me no i see them on them um, so <laughs> when, I, when i started dating properly again like last year i'd see like things like love curvy girls love bbw oh. on dating profiles and I'd, I'd swipe which is no left <laughs> left, left yep, and be yeah. like uh, no see you later bye and then yeah. you know learning a little bit more I'm like I don't mind if they say I like bigger girls I like curvy girls but I'm with you it's the bbw if you say it on there because I think for yeah. the guys in my age bracket that I'm looking at they got that term from porn. From porn. Yes, yeah. exactly. They got that term from porn. That's, or yeah. like Point. pretty derogatory rap and hip hop and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it's just not the vibe I'm after. So if we can get back to like, excuse the pun, but now it's in my head and I can't say anything else. The ins and outs of sex work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the inevitable question that we're going to ask you that you will get asked all the time that we know our listeners will want to know. Yeah. The best story. The money slaves. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, what do you mean? Oh. Come on, money slaves. Money slaves. Yeah. So there's there's financial domination, and it's changed a lot in recent in years. So when I was doing it, it was very much like in person. And this is how I, when we talk about empowerment, this was a real big lesson for me. So this guy, he wanted to be 
financially dominated, which basically meant that he wanted to pay for my time, but then he wanted to take me shopping. And he wanted to like just spend loads of money on me and then take me back to his house. Uh, where he basically like I have to catch him wanking on his wife's knickers like you know fair play whatever but so blase about it <laughs> just such I'm like okay <laughs> you know what oh, you're yeah, going, wanking yes, on his yes, wife's wanking on his wife's knickers yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. It was, it was, it was, and it was great fun. But it was like, so I met him at um, Marble Arts Tube Station. What I should have said was, right, well, you've got to hire a car to pick me up from my house, and then, Ooh, do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Hell so yeah. my first financial domination session was an absolute disaster. No wonder he didn't invite me back because I didn't spend enough money. <laughs> I was going in the sales section. Oh, so I was what? going into, I know, I was going into Evan sales section oh this is how old it was I was going into HMV sales section HMV there's a blast from the past (laughs) I was going into like going oh well I just get this whereas what I should have done was I should have said I want a car Uh, I want you to you know drive me from Mm. shop to shop Um, you're carrying this and just gone and just gone absolutely wild so I dream I know, I know. Yeah. And I only learned that after I'd spoken to, what, like I said, like one of the other girls that was doing it. And she's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got a lovely pair of Louis Vuittons the other day from someone. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I've got a Celine Dion CD. And a cold shoulder butterfly top yeah. from Evans. Fuck. I've got another butterfly top. Some changed or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I know. So always, if someone says they're going to spend money, you spend that money. You spend all of it. Here's the thing about financial domination. They are not interested in getting you what you need. They're interested right. in getting you what you want. So you can basically, it's the opposite. So of, like M&S, undies. Yeah. And yeah. like, oh, I really so need So I need some new cleanser. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love that. Oh, just need some cleanser and like, um, and some cat food. But no, that's fine. I'll just take the bottle of Verve Clico. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just had the Moet. <laughs> all, all I wanted was like some coffee granules and some bin liners. But no, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, another Rolex. So. I'll just eat that then. Don't worry about it. That's the problem. It's the opposite. The lemonade lifestyle, champagne budget. Yeah. It's like yeah. champagne lifestyle, but like you just you just want a glass of lemonade. That's <laughs> mad. So you had to take, and sometimes it can be you have to show you're spending all this money. Yeah. So it's like nowadays we're used to Zoom, so we're used to going. Well, let's get a nice little plain background and all this. And but back in the day, you didn't have that. You didn't have a background on your on your phone or on your computer. So you'd have to sort of like improvise. And when you're living in a two bedroom flat in East Finchley, you know, it's not exactly the Maldives. So you do have to kind of like be a bit creative with your background to show, oh, yeah, you know, I'm so rich and fabulous. In the meantime, I'm trying to kick my cat off my lap. (laughs) One guy wanted me to smoke and all I had was roll ups. And that was very disappointing. (laughs) Um, one of the one of the sort of like biggest learning lessons because uh, I used to do phone sex as well and this is one big lesson I always say to people if you're going to do phone sex if you're getting paid by the minute you can treat phone sex like you treat improvisation you just use the yes and rule so are you into tickling 
Are you into tick glue? Yes, and I love it on my back. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Am I employed? <laughs> Did I get the job? <laughs> I think I love it on my back wasn't quite as sexy, but yeah, we'll carry on. It's the first audition. No, but we do know a lot more about you now, so that's quite good. Oh, really? <laughs> but I used to be like, oh, do you like tickling? And I used to be like, oh, I could take it or leave it. How long do you reckon they stick around after yeah, that? Yeah. Not long. Yes, so, and that is a good tip for just general sort of sexting, for you sure. Can go, you can go pretty far, because at the end of the day, it's all made up. But if you're sexting, like, you know, don't feel like you, you're pressured into, you don't have to go into murky waters. But you can certainly, yeah. you know, have a bit of fun. Yeah, because it's all made up. It's all it's like an animation, isn't it? Literally. What, yeah. other, what other story? So I used to do it so that they'd come to me, do an in-call. And after a while, if we had been comfortable, if they'd come for a few sessions and we were comfortable, then I'd go and do an out-call for them. So there's one guy, he'd been a regular. I did an out-call with him to his house. And that was when things got a little bit freaky deaky. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been really nice at mine. It'd been really straightforward. It'd been sex. These guys are so into giving us pleasure. Like it was more about them Who with their head between my legs. Men? Oh my god! I know it's ruined dating for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh where's my old mobile <laughs> so we went to his house and he was like oh I just because I just I'd really like to show you my suits I'd really like to show you and I was like okay Dave yeah fine no problem and, you know sat in his lounge and he goes and gets dressed into his suit and I'm thinking you know, nice three-piece suit, maybe. Maybe it's, you know, something Savile Row, whatever. No, he comes on full PVC mask, black and white mask, full on with a cape. <laughs> and he sat there and all you can see is his eyes and he's got a little, like, round mouth oh. coming out. And he's like, do you like me now? Do you like me now? And he's flapping, <laughs> flapping, flapping his little cape. And he's going around the room. Oh, just like a peacock. And I, he looked like a fucking train spot in a counter beforehand. Here he is. You like it. Oh, do you like me, mistress? Oh, flapping away. Absolutely going for it. Did you... What? Pissed Laugh? myself. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I did? No, you can't because, you know, you're trying yeah. to be like, oh, it's lovely, so Dave. So yeah. sexy. <laughs> oh, you'd be good. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> if you ever go into it, I want 10% finders okay. Um <laughs> I think I've still got his number somewhere. <laughs> but I would laugh in Dave's stupid little Kate face. Yes, Kate face. <laughs> Dave Kate face. That's Dave Kate face. Phone us. Is anything top Mothman? Could, could anything ever top Mothman? Very man? tricky. It is very tricky. That's what. That's just one of my favourite ones. But there's so many. There's the Bin Man. Oh, there's the bin man. Oh, God. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> bin man. <laughs> he phoned me up 
every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock on the dot, every Saturday morning, because that was when his bins got taken out. So I had to do this whole telephone role play with him. And I do this in, like, I did a stand-up show about it, and I do this in the stand-up show. And it was basically, I had to tie him up in a bin bag... But it would be like, oh, oh, you're there, mistress. Yes, I am. And uh, Jerry, his name was Jerry. Um, and he'd be like, oh, what are you wearing? Well, Jerry, I'm wearing my hobnail boots and my high-vis jacket. <laughs> oh, are you going to get in your truck, Melody? I'm getting in my truck, Jerry. I'm getting in my truck. Oh, yes, get in your truck. I can hear your truck. It's in my driveway. My truck is in your driveway, Jerry. <laughs> And I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to go. Oh, I'm in bed, mistress. Come and get me. I'm coming to your bedroom. And I'm going to tie you up. Yes, tie me up, mistress. I'm going to tie you up, Jerry. And I'm going to put you in my bin bag. Oh, is it the one with the little yellow ties? <laughs> yes, Jerry. It's the one with the little yellow ties. Get in my bin bag and I'm going to throw you over my shoulder. And I'm taking you downstairs in my bin bag. And I'm going to put you in the lorry oh crush me mistress crush me i'm gonna get in the cab and i'm gonna pull the pull the lever mistress pull the lever i'm gonna pull the lever and i'm crushing you oh i'm in with the bin bags and the recycle you're in the bin bags jerry because you're not good enough for recycling (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna crush you and i'm gonna take you to the to the dump, Jerry. Oh, yes, take me to the dump. But first, I've got to reverse this thing. Beep, <laughs> beep, beep. And that was when the phone would just go dead. Just absolutely harumph. <laughs> the sound of a bin truck reversing. That was that was the absolute climax. I don't know from the, your storytelling... I don't know if I'm turned on or not. <laughs> I'm confused. It's the mixture of sex and bins. It's like yes. the opposite of, yes. like, yeah. Like, you do you, Jerry, but you're very good. Right, so we move from bin man. I don't really know how we move on from there, but um, I'm going to lower the tone slightly. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any, were there any negatives? Do you have any bad experiences? Or Because like, I wonder what made you stop doing it. Yeah, there's always going to be negatives. But when we say there's negatives, what people like to jump to because they love a bit of misery porn is they think oh did you get beaten up or you know and it's like no but the amount of time wasters and the amount of times Mm. you have to say to people don't call me from a private number the amount of people that would make an appointment but didn't show up the amount of times you were like oh I really need to pay the rest of the rent this month so what I'll do is I'll stay in waiting for a phone call rather than go out with my mates carrying two phones around being Billy two phones you know <laughs> yeah. like all that stuff and it's it's that kind of stuff for me that got on top of me um, and also just having to clean every time can you imagine you oh, had to make you know that's prep it really is <laughs> the overing and the bed making and the towels oh, and it's no. Yeah, and it it just, for me, I saw that I, you know, wasn't really enjoying it. And again, with the crash, because there were so many people coming on to intersex work. So you get guys that were haggling and it was just like, I just really wanted more to go into doing what I'd always wanted to do, which was performance and comedy. And I started from like my 30th birthday, I 
started doing a comedy course. I got a comedy course for myself and I started doing that. And then one day when I was on Twitter, I found out all these things about sex worker rights and all these ways that these women were being were being stopped from telling their stories. They weren't being able to go into places like feminine, a lot of feminist spaces at the time weren't accepting sex workers. They were deliberately keeping them out. It's a lot better now, fortunately. But so I thought, well, I... I know I have a voice and I know I want to use it. Mm. So that was what inspired me more to go into comedy to start talking about sex work because I wanted people to stop thinking that sex workers are these beleaguered, abused, poor souls who can't do anything for themselves. I want you to see me and go, oh, okay, oh, Mm. fine. You know, this is what a sex worker looks like Mm. and be able to draw people in with comedy and with funny stories and being able to say, but we need a change. can we just touch on the, the sex worker rights for two seconds? Because mm. I don't know too much yeah. about that. So at the moment, the laws in this country mean that we that sex work is legal, but it's under a very difficult framework. So at the moment, we can be sex workers in, uh, in let's say, in a flat, but you can't work with anyone else. So you're on your own by yourself. And that's what we want. We want to be able to work with other people. We want other people to be in the flats cool. with yeah. us. And that just... You know, it seems to make sense, but it can be used in various different ways. So, for instance, we had raids in Soho a few years ago. No one was actually charged with anything, but they just had the right to pull all these poor girls out in the middle of the streets, in the middle of the night, in winter, just for some bullshit law saying, oh, you can't work together. When we want to work together, we Mm. want the same laws. Yeah, should be able to work together. Exactly. And it also means that it might, might make it difficult to have condoms on the premises condoms have been what? used before yeah yeah there's been what? girls who like worked in flats together and because they're worried about police coming in they've had to like hide condoms not oh, have condoms gosh. because that could be used as evidence against you we want to be able to have people who are abusers and coercive we want them to be mm arrested rather than the girls themselves at the moment it's all on us it's all on the sex workers and all that effort and all that money is going more into arresting sex workers than it is on arresting the perpetrators of trafficking and coercive control isn't that ridiculous it's so ridiculous ridiculous. and we're working under 48 different there are 48 different constabularies in the UK so it's 48 different ways in which people are interpreting the laws in England and at the moment you can have like amazing places like Leeds and Manchester where they've got a safety zone and they're working with the girls to make sure that they're safe and they realise they're vulnerable and they're, you know, very... that You know that moment in Happy Valley where she turns around and she's like, they're vulnerable women! Yes. Like, we've got people who are... Valley. Yeah, who are amazingly and working like that. But then you can have people in a different part of the country, like in Bournemouth, there was one woman who was working as a maid in, um, in a brothel and a guy had a heart attack and all the girls scarping because they knew that they'd get arrested and this maid got arrested because she stayed behind to give this guy CPR. Oh my God. And at the end of the day, these are women who are all working together. They're not doing anything wrong. Mm, They're just just trying to work together for safety. So we just want to make sure that there are rules, set rules in place that concentrate more on the perpetrators of coercion and abuse Mm. rather than based on sex workers. And also another thing, if you are charged with sex work, with solicitation and working together, then you then have that on your criminal records. 
forever. Oh, so if you did kind of want to go into like other employment, then yeah. that would come up on your record yeah. and stuff. Exactly. So you're therefore, it's the laws that have trapped women into sex work. Oh, for oh fuck's God. sake. What in the 19th century? I know. Is and fines as well. If you get a fine, how are you, if you're a sex worker, how are you going to pay that fine? You're just going to do more sex work. Yeah. yeah so it's more that the laws are trapping women yeah. into sex have, work. And also, this isn't something that's new either. This has been going on literally. Like yeah. You bring it up yeah. the whole 90s. Like, this has been going on yeah. for centuries. Yeah. Why have we not caught Why up? Because we don't. I really no think. one wants to put their, their head above the parapet. No right. one wants to be the MP that says, let's decriminalise <gasps> sex work, even though Amnesty International, the WR, everyone's saying we need it yeah. decriminalised to make it safe. And uh, the, and how many MPs? Oh, no. uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It kind of makes me like think back to like when homosexuals Sexuality was still illegal, and I, th- yeah. I like you know how we think now. How? Why? Yeah. How could that have ever been? My hope is that in like ten, twenty sooner, much yeah. sooner. But like, we will get to the point where Completely, we go. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you remember when sex work was illegal? Uh, like I that's crazy, isn't it? That's wild. People think you get like the Daily Mail or the Daily Express going brothels on every corner, and oh, it's not like that. We no. just want to work in flats. We want to be subtle. We don't want. We don't yeah. want a massive neon sign saying whore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I do, <laughs> but yeah. only if it's made by Tati Divine and around my neck. Any sex worker you speak to, if you say what you're most afraid of, it's not going to be clients. It's going to be the laws because really? the laws are empowering abusers because an abuser mm. can turn up and they can go for it, but they're not the one. If a sex worker goes to the police, she's not guaranteed mm. that the police are going to go after them, but she is guaranteed yeah. that they'll ask her a lot of questions. Yeah. They'll yeah. look into her. They'll look into all the finances and they, they won't go to the police because they're more afraid of the police and the prosecution and the persecution that they are it's disgusting I, yeah. that's actually made me really angry like something I hadn't to be honest, I'll be honest with you I hadn't really considered I didn't know mm-hmm. the extent the, the extent of how like how, how bad it was you're, you're, I mean you're saying like you know the law is empowering abusers is wild yeah it is wild is there anything that like we can do and listeners can do yeah there is uh, so there's a wonderful charity called uh, the English Collective of Prostitutes join their Twitter feed join their mailing list what they're brilliant at doing is sending round petitions you can send a letter to your MP you can sign the petitions just small things like that but it, it builds momentum yeah. go to marches the ECP are great at organising marches there's other things like National Ugly Mugs they're a charity and they're a there's something that sex workers sign up to for dangerous clients. Mm. So if there's a dangerous client, you get a text saying, beware of oh, such and brilliant. such. Yeah, it's okay. a really good service. That's when you see a story about sex workers and about, you know, someone being trafficked or something, it's about having a look at it from the perspective of a sex worker everyone thinks that a sex worker is going to be something out of Taken you know mm. it's going to be this blonde haired blue eyed woman who's been taken off the street and she'll never see her family again she's sold off rather than people who look like us mm. you know and people who are just doing it because we just want to be able to afford a bit of an holiday in Marbella and <laughs> 
Mobs, yeah. Mobs, a bit of a trip to Mobs. <laughs> Who wants to be able to pay our rent? Yeah. You know? It's, it. it's just a, it's a job. Yeah, live Full through stop. the cosy lives, man, you know. <laughs> It's got to live through the life of him. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for that. That's really important. And, um, yeah, I definitely feel more, like, empowered and more educated that yeah. we can, like, do Same. something and help. We've known you for an hour. <laughs> right? I've never met someone more suited for the job that you are currently doing as, as comedy. I think you are so, like, right? So like, funny. So oh, funny. So you. born yeah. for it. So, like, perfect. And I love that you've got your niche of of talking about sex work because you can bring the funny to it yeah. and the real to it and then also there's the call activism. to action as, and, yeah. and I think that's just fantastic like thank you I'm buzzing for you oh that's so best friend oh <laughs> do you know what that's so no no you're both oh, sorry, you're best my friend. old best friend <laughs> <laughs> come up with a funny story about a moth man and then we'll talk <laughs> oh. that's so great because sometimes you can feel I've, I've had to come off to it because sometimes you can feel like you're fighting on this side, but mm. some of your biggest people who are against you can be on the same side. Some people don't think that sex work should be funny. Some people think that it's, oh, it's a tale of a happy hooker. And it's like, no, it's the tale of a lazy hooker. <laughs> it's the tale of a lazy hooker who went through, you know, the same kind of bad shit that you go through in a job because mm. sex work's a job. It's a job. Yeah, you go through the same shit of like having to sit there and do your accounts and having to sit there and have another time waste or having to sit there and just want to turn your phones off, you know. Mm. It's it, That's the kind of thing. So it's really nice to hear when people... Genuinely. Really, thank you. Job. Yeah, great job. And I think, oh. what are you doing now? Are you still doing a lot of stand-up? Well, I haven't done stand-up for a while but I do a podcast for the Metro called The Smut Drop. Oh, yeah. I do want to get back into stand-up and performance. Indeed. I do miss it but... It, you know, it's it's sort of. I haven't just. I've, I've been sat on my ass for four years. <laughs> <laughs> so, last thing you want to do is stand up. <laughs> that has to be your opener when you go back to it, please. <laughs> She's written it for you. I love this. And if and when you do, can you please tell me? Because I need to be like, we need yes. to be we in the front to, row. We will be there. Come along, but also come along to indulge come to club indulge like yes. I, haven't, I know I haven't talked about it but I'm going to tell you now thank you I also do um, I run an event for fat people basically it's just it's a really great vibe and it's not about fat girls meeting men that fancy them it's about fat girls meeting other fat girls nice it's about fat girls going We're I fucking that. love your dress where would you get that oh. from it's about smoking you know when you go into a smoking area of a club yes. and you're like you're my new best friend it's like that yeah. it's the fat girls it's the club oh. toilets yes and it's just full and like we we like any creepy blokes I chuck them out straight away I don't allow them we have blokes yeah because I understand like the dating scene is very toxic and small so girls want to come out and they do want to meet guys who have a preference so some of them are allowed in but they have to be on their best behaviour they're not allowed to fuck around I am the be all and end all <laughs> I'm the alpha and the omega in that blade <laughs> so anyone who's up to any dodgy shit they get they get chucked so out is it like a mix like a mix, like a dating mix or it's just an event come, like, come it's just a club night a it's a cheesy club, club night we play nice. like S Club 7 no, just, and... no, no stop it <laughs> 
She will now break into song, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I did get tickets to see them live. Of course I did. Oh, uh, yes. How they sold out two days at the hotel, I don't know. Yeah, really? we just played, we played cheesy tunes. It's in a pub in um, Tower Hill and we clear the floor so we have a dance floor and everything. That sounds amazing. And we've got loads of seats. It's all, it's so important to me. Like with the, I know it sounds like, oh, it's a pub in Tower Hill, but it's got loads of seating. Thanks, <laughs> God. That's so I can cool. give I you a half hour of dancing. Anymore. I can't cannot can't wear heels, up. can't stand up for more than 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, we don't no. have to wear heels, do we? Oh, God, no. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, okay, you're allowed to wear whatever you want. It's all this about... amazing. It's all about the fat girls for me. Just all about the fat, fat girls. girls. <laughs> so where can we find out more about it? Because I know that lots of people listening will be like, literally, literally, I want to go. Yeah, I can hear them now being like, <laughs> yeah. please just tell me the information. We need to come. <laughs> so it's called Club Indulge and it's just club-indulge.com. We've got Instagram and a website and everything. Sign up to the mailing list and we've got a lovely Facebook group. And if you want to find out more about me, Miranda Kane, Kane with a K on Instagram. Miranda, that has been definitely Lauren's favourite ever episode. Oh, you don't understand. Um, <laughs> we have loved having you on. Thank you so, so much for coming to talk to us today. Thank you. I've loved it. Thank you. <laughs> Laura, you'll be shocked to know that that episode was one of my favourite we've ever Mostly because I can't believe we found someone louder than me. She about to say that. Like, how does it feel? She, I think Miranda makes me look like a wallflower, <laughs> an introverted wallflower. Yeah. I just buzzed off her so much. I found everything she says so interesting. I'm so pleased that we were able to give that topic the platform. Yeah, it was a great episode. A huge thank you to Miranda for coming on. Uh, before we go, there was a post in the Facebook group that I just wanted to mention because I loved it so much so Liz hi Liz if you're listening she posted asking if anyone had done any solo trips she says I really want to push myself and go out of my comfort zone but I feel like I'm always putting it off maybe because of my weight so many of you guys jumped in and shared your experiences about solo trips Laura said uh, it's brilliant it will change your life do it Sasha said uh, I went to Budapest for five days last year uh, for my first time solo travelling and it was amazing was able to see the city at my own pace try new food and I even went to a thermal spa fancy she says I've always held myself back from travelling because of my weight but I gave myself that push last year I highly recommend it and it's a definite confidence boost it's amazing I love all of this I love that so many people came in and talked about this experience and I love that hopefully Liz feels more like confident to go out there and do it because of what everybody else said and also I want to say I totally empathise on the putting off travel because of your weight thing because I obviously did that for years didn't Mm. I and then I finally went on holiday last year said stop being a knobhead Uh, went on holiday and absolutely loved it and I don't want anyone out there to if you're able to go on holiday but you're stopping yourself because of your weight just stop that Mm. stop it now you've been told thank you very much I always try and remind myself (laughs) that holidays are a privilege and then that kind of tries to like shift my mindset into like it's a privilege like rather than like oh god like that kind of thing Uh, so that always helps me but um, Elaine lovely Elaine uh, commented after everyone's amazing messages she said that she has been inspired to travel alone now after reading all of these comments she says we only live once right oh my god yolo yes and this makes me want to go traveling too um if you're going on holiday this year why not get out a bikini for the first time like i did last year it was awesome and just have the best time i feel so i feel so buzzy that we have our facebook group and everyone's helping each other to just 
Just YOLO. Me too. It's brilliant. It's the best. It's one of the best things that we've come out of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really hope that you found uh, today's chat interesting. And if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can email golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And if you want more of us uh, before our next episode, you can check out our Facebook group, which we just mentioned. All you need to do is search for Go Love Yourself Community. We are also on Instagram and our handle is at Go Love Yourself Pod. You can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for £1 a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And remember to check out our YouTube channel. Hi, guys. Uh, just search for Go Love Yourself Podcast or click the link in the episode description. Thank you so much much for listening i've absolutely loved it this week and i hope you have a great time we'll see you next week crowd network a place where you belong Hello, I'm La La La, let me explain. And this is, it's not you, it's them, but it might be you. I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas, and anything else you throw my way. Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.